trying to watch the jet. Mr. Tokyo Drift spin again on the vet. Looking for your bitch food, take one guess. She caught up in the rapture. Waking the bacon, I need the greatest hits. Blasting, pedal mashing, paper twisting, scraper engine, red racer. No 3D glasses, just a high-ass rapper. Spit a nigga in the building. Nine, I'm on the roof chilling. The pool up here, couple chicks I grew up with. Bottles in the cooler, if you don't know how to do it, homie, I'll school you. take that down because ain't nothing changed with the address what you know what is up fools this is another edition of the puro caballero show brought to you by your host once again this is your boy in the place to be the asthmatic aztec eddie nahara podcasting Chicanopinos himself, Mario Caballero here, reporting live from the greater Los Angeles area. How's it going? Hope you're having a lovely morning, day, evening, night, midnight, swing shift, whatever you're doing, however you're tuning in. Um, Yeah, it is Tuesday... February the 26th, been a few weeks since we got back uh, up on this bike, and uh, so we're just going to keep it pedaling, man, that's all you got to do, man, um, back again, like we never left, as always, as always, this is episode numero 47, that's right, and how's life? Life's pretty good for me. As you heard in the intro song by my man Currency featuring Stali. Ain't nothing changed with the address. Because, yeah, we done moved. On up. And kind of back to the new and kind of old spot. So, yeah, back in with some new roommates. Had to take care of that. Still got some shit in boxes I need to fix, fix, uh, Excuse me, figure out where the hell it's going to go. But uh, it's a, you know, ongoing process. So just getting used to the new digs. Uh, got the new job as well. Getting used to that. That's cool. And yeah, that's ongoing. So actually moved different offices too. So it's like another little transition, but it's all good. We keep it moving and grooving. Just up on... And onward, pretty much, to bigger and better things. But how are you guys doing? More importantly, hope all is well. Yeah, we got a lot of shit to cover. Lots of shit to get to. So, I mean, should we delay? I say no. Let's get right into it, alright? Uh, yeah, the move, I, I, that's what I've been up to. Uh, also had the chance to... Uh, do some work related to the Z's and Sai shows that were coming through the Orpheum. 
here in Los Angeles, which was pretty cool. So I actually got to catch some of his sets and stuff, which was cool. Some of the stuff I thought was was uh was pretty good. Um, that I could kind of piece together. But yeah, I won't ruin it. Go uh, get a ticket for you as a fan, and all that stuff. Yeah, super funny. Ended up running into the homie Will. Shout out to to him. Uh, he's a videographer, editor extraordinaire. Copped a beer with him. We caught up a little bit. That was fun. Uh, let me see what else has been on and popping. I mean, this move has been the biggest thing. So getting used to life out here, back uh, in the city again. So no longer San Pedro. So that chapter's done and closed, uh, at least for now. So I will miss the, the balcony or the, the rooftop area. Being close to the beach is cool. I always appreciate that. Every chance I've gotten to, to live near there. So, uh, yeah. It's just, a, just another transition. See how we do. With thanks. Any hoot. Uh, yeah, anything else that's been on and popping. Oh, yeah. I got to DJ this little cool shindig out in uh, downtown LA by LA Live. Uh, I'm just going to start blowing up the spot. Shout out to the homie Donnie. Uh, be holding it through. We have these little uh, low-key after hours. We'd be sitting and drinking for drinks for cheap and all that stuff. It's like after like one or two. It's when it like gets uh, on and popping. So it's like real, real late. Just some like parking lot pimping type shit. And yeah, man, it's usually taco trucks set up, some food trucks, people leaving the bars and shit. And so we set up shop there too. And ended up uh, spinning some records, playing some tunes and shit because it was uh, Donnie's birthday. So we got a little bit more active than normal. And yeah, we uh, we had it on and popping. It was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, it was really, really fucking cold outside because it's been abnormally rainy down here in Los Angeles for some, you know, uh, pretty crazy reason. And anywho, it's... uh. That shit was crazy, though, man. Like, it was uh, so freaking cold. I had to keep taking these goddamn Jameson shots just to keep warm, man. Just get that uh, that whiskey blanket on me, dog. Ooh, ooh, man. Burr. Burr, burr, burr. As the man Gucci says. Oh, man. Yeah, that shit was crazy. That shit was hella fun, though, man. So just me, VJ, and uh, shout out to homie Juan, too. You got there spinning. Mostly old school stuff. It was fun. I had a good time. We were out there till like three or four in the morning, like real late. And yeah, man. I'm trying to think what else. Oh yeah, we went back next week, just chilled, just to grab a drink. And ended up soft seeing Floyd Mayweather last weekend. Totally forgot about that. That was like a under the radar thing that happened. 
Because we went out to uh, Club Union, now called Catch One, which was formerly known. It's an OG name. Uh, so, yeah, Catch One was uh, on and popping. had this, like, uh, it's like EDM show. It's like a whole bunch of different stages with different type of DJs and shit. And it was like the crowd was a little young, to say the least. It was an 18 and under show. I do like their 21 and up shows that they be throwing there. But this one, I don't know. Maybe it's a promotion or whatever. But anywho, the homie Juan got to spin there. And then we ended up at the after our spot. Uh after we're we're through with the with the music. Uh yeah. I could tell I was like mm, one of the older fools there. So <laughs> you always feel kinda weird when you're in that environment. At least I do. Even though I might look or like have been looking like an older person and chilling with the younger crowd, because I've like, I guess, always in my life looked kind of older than my age, um, which I guess is a blessing. And you're young a bit, but it's kind of cursed for like the rest of your life. So that's where, yeah, I'm on the, I guess, the second part of that equation. <laughs> so I always knew that that shit was like two sided coin and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta keep thinking. I'm gonna ponder upon that one. That shit might be bit material. Um, I gotta gotta ponder. Yeah. Any hoot. I don't know why I'm saying that. What the fuck was I talking about? Um. Yeah, so we got to we got to go out there. And we got some tacos. What did I get? Yeah, some tacos. And yeah, the man Money May just ends up walking over to the hibachi truck, which uh, the homie uh, the homie VJ was telling me is like not an unrare occurrence. So that's apparently the spot he likes to hit up. So. That's pretty much what happened. And he had a fucking little mini mob of people, about like 30 deep, following him. But about 10 of them were from him. About another 10 were just some, look like some gold digging hoes. And about another 10 were just some like people who were just starstruck because it was money made. That shit was kind of crazy. <laughs> this fool's rocking some like thigh, uh, some like, like boots and shit. I don't think they were like the crazy ones. Like he was rocking uh, <laughs> in that ring in that picture, the picture, the leather ones that go all the way up to the knees and shit. Some like medieval old school looking ass boots. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was just walking by, just chilling. Uh, real small dude, which people don't realize all the time, just because he's a famous person or whatever, and he's a boxer. He's a little tiny dude. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. It always looks like he's in the best shape ever. That's what's uh, crazy. Who knows if he's going to fight again. I know they was talking about Manny again. But, I mean, do they really want to run that back? It's like a money grab to me. But that's his name. That's Money May. That's what he does. That's been his M.O. So we'll see, but that was kind of cool. Put that on the list of people I've seen. I could, I was like, 
Maybe about 10 feet, feet from him. As he's walked by. I'm like, oh, what's up? But we were just chilling. I wasn't giving him no, uh, not too crazy of a mind. I mean, it's, he's a legendary boxer. That's cool. We got to see him. But, uh, yeah, maybe, like, I think I've talked about this before. Not my personal favorite boxer, but you got to respect what he does. So, he does what he wants. And, he, yeah, like I said, uh, some things are, that's pretty admirable. You just got to you know, give it up to him. Man is a select uh, type of breed, and he's allowed to be that in his field. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, feel bad for some of the people who might have felt his wrath away from the ring via allegations that are out there. I'll just let, I'll just say that. But, yeah, everything else is is what it is. <laughs> I don't know if that's a glowing endorsement or <laughs> what the fuck. I'm just like holding back some uh, some feelings and shit. But yeah, it is what it is. I feel like I waste a lot of money on, on some of these fights, but it is what it is. It's what you pay to see someone try to hit them and they don't hit them. I don't know why I went down this uh, money may rabbit hole, but here we are. Here we are. Any hoot uh, back over here to um, the other news, other topics going on. We've had uh, some UFC action. We have UFC 235 that's coming up. We have UFC 234. Uh which took place, when was this, February 9th, it was supposed to be Whitaker and Gastelum, but Robert Whitaker had an injury, could not continue, or could not uh, move on with the fights, which is unfortunate, we did get to see uh, Israel Adesanya, aka the Stylebender, uh, take off against Anderson Silva, it was a decision given to Adesanya. And, uh, yeah, man, from the highlights and the, the clips that I saw, he looks really good. Anderson gave it to him, though. He wasn't, uh, you know, no slouch. He was a very good and motivated Anderson, and that's what you like to see. And, uh, honestly, that's the most that I'll say on that one. The next card that I, I got a good chance to see was in Ganu uh, Velasquez card, and that was uh, Francis just beating down Kane, and that was just not a pretty sight to see. Not fucking sick at all. Like that was uh, ridiculous. And wait a minute, why am I talking about this? I'm fucking hot as shit. What the fuck is going on? Did I talk about this shit already? Feel like I did. I feel like I did. Let me check. Where the fuck is this? Yeah, I did. Anywho. Where were we? Oh, no. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We did not talk about this. I apologize. 
my last show we were doing a preview of 234 not a recap I was thinking 235 that's the, that's the next one Paul Felder and Vic uh, that was a good fight Felder gave it to him Cynthia Calvillo outlasted uh, Courtney Casey that was a freaking slobber knocker too man and it was so funny because we were watching it with uh, the fight companion that was on and I think that weekend was the NBA All-Star game too so we had like all three things going on at the same time. We put the fight companion audio over the uh the TV which had we had one TV with the NBA with the All-Star game and the other TV with the uh the UFC. So the shit was crazy. Shit was pretty crazy. But uh yeah, Carl Gracie got a victory. He's five and oh, I think one and oh in the UFC now. And uh Cron Gracie, I don't know how you say it. Uh, yeah, everything else I'm not, I don't know, <laughs> it's a lot for me to say, UC Fight Night 145, Macheta, Tiago Santos, beating Jean Blackwish, Stephen Struve, it's the submission victory over Marcos Rogerio de Lima, And, yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that one. But, yeah, we got another good group of fights that's coming up this weekend. John Jones taking on Anthony Lionheart-Smith. That'll be a good matchup. Lionheart's been coming on strong. 31-13 record. It's pretty salty, but this dude has been knocking out every dude. He's knocked out, like, four four or five people in a row. And it's... uh, been a pretty good run so we'll see where that leads him because john let's see if he's the the motivated john that we've seen against gustafson dc not so much against osp but against pretty much everybody else except maybe the gustafson one fight he's had a couple times where he's been a little sloppy but as good of a fighter as he's been that's like hasn't come to bite him yet We'll see if that, that day does come. Um, I don't wouldn't think so in this matchup. But I think we have an interesting one. Because Smith is a very, very heady fighter. And he's just been in the... He's got some very good, precise uh, striking. And his timing on his strikes have been pretty damn good recently. As of late. So... We'll see. As we know, John Jones is 23-1-0 with one no contest. So, continue. Well, he can be able to continue adding on to that legacy. We'll see. In the co-main event, we got Tyron Woodley taking on Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman has been pretty damn good himself. If I do say so myself. If I do say so myself. And yeah, he's got 14 and 1 record. He's, uh, yeah, beat, uh, Dos Anjos last year. He beat Damian Maya, ML Meek. And yeah, before that, he's been, uh, I guess Meek was his only. Lossy. Oh, that one got canceled. Excuse me. 
Yeah, any who this dude's on a streak. Nigerian nightmare. We'll see what he does against uh, Woodley because Woodley is a motherfucking beast of a man. And then we got a very good matchup joining the UFC. Funky Ben Askren taking on uh, Robbie Lawler. Lawler can't bang with the best of them. Let's see how good of a wrestler Askren is and if he could take down and control Robbie. Because that'll be the determining factor in that fight, pretty much. That's a pretty clear-cut advantage for both fighters in each realm, you would say. So, yeah, let's see if uh, Askren's all that in a bag of chips. This is the dude that Mighty Mouse got traded for. Mighty Mouse is a tremendous fighter and all that. I mean, honestly, one of the best that the UFC have seen come through for his weight class. I mean, the, he is the little dudes. and it's, Those are hard to sell, I'm not going to lie. It's like in boxing, too. The super tiny guys like that. It's, uh, it's a bit difficult. So we'll see if this dude is really cracked up to be all that. He's 18-0. and 0, And there's been, you know, talks of him coming over for years that never really materialized. So we'll see what happens. See, we also got Tisha Torres and Willie Zhang. Mm, don't know about her. Cody Garbrandt on this card against Pedro Munoz. Ooh, Munoz, good fighter too. Garbrandt eleven two. Munoz seventeen three. No contest. And yeah, we'll see what happens there. So, uh, it'll be some good fights this weekend. That I will be trying to catch undoubtedly. Let's see what else we got on the docket. Um, oh, my feet so damn itchy. Ooh, 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 ooh. Man, still got this old table uh, from many places ago. Just keep moving it on with me. All around the damn city. Who fuck. Be doing these two late at night. Um, yeah, NBA All Star Weekend, like I said, that happened about uh, now, like ninety a week and a half ago or so. It's just Tuesday now, and yeah, there was a lot of talk about a lot of things. We had the Kyrie talking to KD shit. They'd be like sneaking uh, messages to each other, passing fucking notes in class. And people are trying to Zapruder film of what Kyrie was saying. So apparently talking about two max slots. I was hard to tell. I really couldn't tell it, but whatever. It just adds to the more fuel to the drama. They were looking really buddy-buddy every time they were shown on the, the sidelines and shit. But we'll see what that entails in the offseason. Because the Celtics really ain't playing all that great, and, yeah, I mean, KD's had his rumbling with some of the players on the Warriors in the past, how about Draymond getting clutch sports management to uh, rep him, we'll see how that affects things, as we've seen the dominoes kind of get, uh, you know, played pretty much the start to fall. 
with uh, control by the ownership, or not not even the ownership. I mean the uh, the representations, the agencies, the CAA guys versus the Clutch guys versus, uh, um, I don't know, whatever other agencies are out there. But they're trying to make like, uh, you know, super. Um, you know, controlling moves. I guess I don't know. Sorry, hard to say. They're they're exerting their influence more than maybe ever they had they've had in the past. I don't know what the fuck that means, but uh, yeah, that's just more intrigue and talk to you know this uh twenty four hour NBA news cycle. Everyone just wants to talk about what's gonna happen in the future, what's happening now. And yeah, we got to, uh, I got to see three Kings and, uh, represent in some of the different events. Excuse me. I think four of them, Bogdan, uh, Fox and Bagley were the, uh, rising stars challenge Gabe. And then we also had, excuse me, uh, what does I want to say? Ooh. I'm watching this basketball game right now. This ball got stuck in between the camera and the backboard. That's a rare one. They got to get the broom. Doop. I'll knock it out. <laughs> there it is. Anywho. Anywho. All-Star Weekend. Yeah, the game wasn't was whatever. Oh, yeah. Other thing. LeBron picking all the players. Uh, we're going to be free agents. Just like trying to recruit people onto the Lakers and shit. That was kind of funny. That was a, a side note of what was going on. Whew. Yeah, the game was whatever. There was the, I guess the play of the game was Steph Curry bouncing that uh, alley-oop over KD's head. Over to Giannis. Which was pretty insane. And uh, but Team LeBron ended up winning the game. And, yeah, I guess, the, oh, I forgot to say Buddy Heald was in the three-point contest. Did good the first round, got to the second round, but couldn't pull it off. I think Joe Harris won. There was a, a ton of shooters. They all had good rounds. It was interesting. Like, most of them did. The dunk contest was, was all right. There were some crazy ones. I liked the uh, Diallo, where he stuck his hand through the rim jumped over a guy that was pretty impressive and homeboy from the freaking hawks bring it out the little prop plane man if you're gonna bring out the prop plane you can't kick the damn thing on your way up and your and on your way down man if you're gonna do uh if you don't fuck up just fuck up once man it's like okay but you did it twice had the whole lead up like that was that was too much. It's way too damn much. And I'm pretty sure he fucking knew. It's fucking crazy. Uh it's uh yeah, be doing all that kind of theatrics. If uh you can try to win the NBA All Star uh dunk dunk contest. It is what it is. We'll see if we get some new players. In it next year. These year guys were like, whatever. 
think that's kind of the rule. If you have, like, good dunkers, try to bring them back <laughs> a couple times. Dan Smith Jr., he uh, kept missing, kept missing, kept missing. And all that shit. I can't even remember who got that boy. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? Why am I fucking tired? Shouldn't rip that fucking little piece. Um, anywho. Yeah, another thing happened in NBA, man. Bradley Beal had that crazy-ass travel. When we took like four or five steps, he like lost control of the ball, regathered it, but like was taking steps as he was doing this. It's because he was like, as he was going to the hoop, I was like, Jesus, how much leeway are they going to give up with the NBA? Oh my God. Ooh. I need to drink some tea, man. I'm fucking congested. I don't know what's going on. <sighs> like already a mouth breather. It's don't help uh, one bit. Oh yeah, and uh, college basketball news: the only person that we give a fuck about, pretty much, Zion Williamson, blew out his shoe. You know, like within a few minutes of the game starting against. The rival Carolina Tar Heels. And dude hurts his knee in the process. He literally blew his foot through the side of the sole of the shoe of a PG 2.5s. Um, Paul George personally called Nike to say what the fuck. <laughs> I don't know if it was an onion uh, headline or if it was an actual headline, but. I was reading somewhere that the Nike had fired their seven-year-old who was on the factory line who made the shoe. I want to say that's a joke. But, uh, yeah, man, who who the fuck knows? So we're just going to put it out there. Conspiracy theorists. Uh, yeah. That was pretty damn crazy. So now he, like, tweaked his knee, left the game. Carolina dominates. And so now it's like, all right, should Zion even be playing? Like, should this dude should just shut it down for the rest of the season and call it, like, call it quits pretty much, get ready for the draft, be healthy, and go play the league? That's what you, you know, that's what you really want to do. That's the real goal. Is you about that life or what? Or is you, uh, you trying to still play in college? And... There's been a lot of talk of a lot of people trying to discourage him to play. And honestly, I will give it up to him. If he feels healthy enough to go, give it a go, then then let him. Because, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a hard thing to say. Even if he gets hurt, I still can't see many others passing up on him. I mean, he's the one impact player in this draft that everyone's gunning for. Even if he did get dinged up, I guess say I guess it would be uh, you know, have to you'd have to see how considerable the injury was. But like, even if he did get dinged up, I would still give him probably a number one pick. Like, 
you know, if it's some career threatening, then obviously not. And I guess that's what they're trying to avoid, but it's hard to put some dude in a box like that and just say, chill out. Because, like, some people aren't really designed to want to do that. So I don't know how competitive he is and all that. See if he wants to get that taste of March Madness basketball. But, uh, yeah, UNC ended up blowing him out in that game. But we'll see what happens. I know Gonzaga's really good. Man, I've been paying attention to LMU. And they've been, uh, they had a good start. And she's been dropping off in conference. But they did, they did just get a victory against, you know, EOP uh, yesterday. Or not yesterday, last weekend. I think on Saturday. So that was cool. That was cool. Just got to get some more wins. And we'll move on to the NFL. Uh, Raiders staying in Oakland for the time being. Uh, they finally came to an agreement with the city after they failed to try to uh, move over to San Francisco, play at their ballpark. The Niners were like, nah, if you play anywhere in our territories, which was, I guess, San Francisco and Santa Clara, they're like, you need to run it by us. And... If we would want to share the stadium in Santa Clara, that would uh, you know, be the only option that we would be willing to negotiate. And so they didn't want to do it. Uh, the Raiders, that is, they explored some of the options. I don't think San Diego was, was a, maybe a possibility. Not going to Vegas early was not a possibility, but... Uh, yeah, they were out there looking, man. And so eventually they settled to go back. So now there's talks that maybe Marshawn wants to keep playing because it's like, you know, you know, the team's still in Oakland. They thought it was the, the last game. And, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So it would be for next season with the possibility of the year after if the Vegas stadium has any delays or just doesn't quite get on track okay so that's good news that's good news uh that was gonna be quite a shit show it'll be a little small chapter now in the long run of uh what the fuck happened but yeah suing the, the city suing them that's uh it's not what you like to see All right, moving on, more off-season news. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick finally got into an agreement. They got in a settlement with the NFL over their collusion case. So there was uh, some reports that I was reading up on Twitter that was between 60 and 80 million for Cap. So I don't know if it was Cap and Reed that got that number or if it was just for him. But Cap especially... He's has more lost wages because Reed at least got to play at the end of, uh, of last season uh, with the Panthers. So I thought that was uh, a good pickup for them. He was playing like a beast. And, yeah, man, it was, uh, whatchamacallit, the... I think pretty good justice in that part because it was a civil suit. I mean, you, you can argue 
over the other stuff, but they uh, basically had a settlement. So now there's NDAs in place, and nobody will be able to, um, you know, disclose what was the information that uh, they found against the NFL or in the NFL's favor or anything like that, because they turned over cell phones and emails correspondences back and forth so they wouldn't know if there's any communication going back talking about like improper shit so i think the owners were highly motivated to make sure that information did not leak out because it sounds like this crew of people is just like has some really shady shit a lot of uh bodies to be buried that uh, they don't really want to be digging up, so, you know, you know, they just uh, want that shit to really go away, so 60, 80 million, that's, uh, that's good for him, some other people were saying, like, man, that's like, uh, over the last two years, you split that in half, that's like, damn near as much as, like, the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, it's like, yeah, but you're not able to to do what you that you love, and now you've gone through even crazier things and all that. But uh, yeah, you got like a lot of the country and all that hating, making everything super political. I mean, he was the one to. Put it out there and get the the few started, and then everything gets spinned, spun around, and turned around, and to the point where you're just, you know, not making any any sense or progress in any discussions, which is like kind of what's happened with that dude and the original movement and all that stuff. All right, moving on. Uh, Cream Hunt got signed by the Cleveland Browns, though. I could do one say before Cap. I mean, I do wish he gets an opportunity to get some blame. Uh, you know, at least to end up on the roster, because God knows he's better than some of these second and third string quarterbacks that are out there. I mean, you could argue that he's not a first string quarterback. That's a mighty fair assessment, considering his play and production. He did okay. Uh, when he last played in that season where he split time with Gabbert, I don't know what the Niners were, you know, really providing to help either dude in that season. Because, you know, so much of uh, football is a situation. It's the situation concerning the defense you're playing, concerning the specific matchups that are out there. The situation of who's healthy, who's uh, available at that particular time, who knows the playbook and knows what they're doing. Like, everything's all situational. So you're a product of the situation and the environment that your teammates and the opponents create for you. So you got to take everything kind of in a vacuum. It's difficult to compartmentalize and split everything apart because it's a team game and everything is like interwoven. So like either dude really have like too much of a shot. So I do wish him 
luck on that. And I do wish uh, that there was more instruction discussion in terms of what he was actually was, you know, bringing forth and, uh, you know, in terms of the, the police violence and all that stuff. It's just really unfortunate. So, I mean, I guess on that note, there was that uh, that rapper that uh, recently got shot in the front seat of his car out in, I think, Oakland or Vallejo. That was fucking sad, man. Details are crazy. Details are fucking crazy, man. It's just like little shit like that. Really unfortunate. Really, really, really unfortunate. But yeah, okay, we'll move on for now. Like I was saying before, Kareem Hunt ends up signing with the Cleveland Browns. So Cleveland takes a PR hit regarding his, I guess, assault case or whatever it was. He basically, like, kind of knocked this chick over and then, like, kind of gave her a little love tap with the foot. When uh, he was on the ground. Maybe a little stronger than that. But it wasn't super malicious I would say. On a scale of like. One to, uh, one to ten. I would give it a maybe. Two point seven. So it wasn't. It wasn't crazy. He did This dude didn't wind up in like soccer kick a bitch. Or nothing like that. And there was some. Uh, allegations that she said some racially insensitive words against him. So I don't fucking know. Just call him that fucking N word or whatever the fuck. Um, Cause I wasn't there, but the footage was there. But anyway, Cleveland decides to pick him up. And so now they got him, Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson in the backfield. It's crazy. It is crazy. Oh man, you talking tonight? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, San Antonio. Sorry, just looking at the standings they put up on TV. Sacramento sitting at ninth right now. Um. Yeah, I guess we didn't talk about that either. Uh. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, that's like a lot of controversy though, man. That's like a man with some baggage on his name right now. So that's a that's a ballsy move to be doing that. Yeah, I want to check out these stand-ins right now. In the East, Milwaukee, Toronto, Indy still third, even without Oladipo, got hurt. Devastating, he's out for the season. Philly at fourth, which is like seems low for them. And Boston at fifth, which is very low for them. Brooklyn assists, they're looking very, very good. They've been uh, on a tear a bit those last couple months. Climbing up the standings. Detroit climbed it up to 7. Charlotte at 8. And who's in the mix? Orlando at 9. Miami at 10. We move on to the Western Conference. The Warriors, 1. Denver, 2. OKC, 3. Which they both played tonight. Denver got the victory. Portland four. Houston five. And then it goes Utah Clippers. San Antonio. Sacramento ninth. 
And believe it or not, Minnesota is tied with the LA Lakers at 29-31. That is crazy. Freaking ridiculous. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yeah, looking at the MVPs, Giannis, Harden, Durant, George, Jokic. Giannis, 27.2 points, 12.7 rebounds. Harden, 36.3 points, 6.6 boards. All right, too many stats. Fuck it. Paul George been balling too, man. Jokic been putting up numbers. Damn, Jokic like three assists away from averaging a triple-double. As a center, he's getting like seven-point-something assists a night. That's ridiculous. Man, Sacramento's right there. They're sitting at nine. They are a game back of San Antonio now. Two back of the Clippers. Which I thought the Clippers would start bowing out. But we still got some time. Kings are tied in the last column, though, with the Spurs. So that's good to know. They're only one back of the Clippers. So you say there's a chance, yeah. Lakers, it's not looking so hot. They they lost a freaking Memphis and New Orleans the last two. I mean, Memphis and New Orleans. And then it's New Orleans without Anthony Davis. He did not even play. He's not sued up in that particular contest. And they just got ran through. LeBron looks like half interested. And it's still putting up numbers, but it's doing it like he'll put a um like a halfway effort and then full effort for a short period of time and short bursts. And that's not kinda enough to get them by at the moment. Cause there's like a lot of times where the other dudes can't, you know, hold the fort, you know, down. When, uh, excuse me, whoo, yeah. LeBron's like in 100% attack and in beast mode. So, I'm not mad at that. Obviously, everybody knows my stances on that particular team. So, I really do hope these games end up making it. I don't care who the fuck misses it at Clippers or San Antonio, but one or both of y'all just got to dip. Zip, I said. Zip. King's been losing some close ones recently, though. Freaking lost to Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, just a few days ago, or maybe yesterday? Not yet, last night. And before that, lost to Denver. The new Gets. And that was a very close game. Both of those were winnable. And oh, they lost to the Golden State Warriors. That was a, the game last Thursday night. So that's a couple losses. They'll be playing the Bucks next, and that's going to be a tough one. Bucks are a damn good team. Damn, damn good team. Yeah, I guess one one quick thing about the NFL before I want to say uh, before we move on. Antonio Brown made a trade request, uh, formal, 
Don't know where the hell he's going to end up. That dude seems kind of halfway a head case, but halfway worth it. He might be worth it, depending on your situation and your team. He is definitely a character, to say the least. I mean, that dude is uh, a headache for his head coach and for his uh, opponent's coaches. So... We'll see what happens. He's not that big of a of a, a crazy person as other people, but he's he's pretty out there and eccentric with what the fuck he does. But yeah, let's see here. Uh, on to Major League Baseball news. My beloved San Francisco Giants manager Bruce Bochy announced that he, this will be his last season at the helm, so he's gonna be retiring. Uh, after this 2019 go around, I think that'd be what was it? Uh, 11 or 13 seasons in the, in the, uh, the San Francisco Black and Orange. I mean, the man coached the or uh, managed the Padres to uh. A lot of people would say they're glory years. They made it to a World Series. Had some other good teams that won some divisions. Trevor Hoffman was always fucking there. Let's see. Bruce Bochy. Boom. This dude also had the, the biggest fucking head, like, known to man. This dude had, like, a eight and a half hat size. Think about that shit. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Let me see. How many years with the Giants? With the Giants? This will be his 12th season. And with the Padres, he was there 12 as well. Now what you're looking at? Oh, this will be the 13th year. Excuse me. So, DM near symmetrical. But, uh, yeah, they were saying his... Uh, he's got to win 91 ball games this season to finish with the above 500 record for his time in San Francisco, which is kind of crazy. The man has managed three World Series championship teams. Not one, not two, but three World Series championship teams. That is definitive Hall of Famer, if I say so myself. So as soon as he's done, just write him in. I understand they got the wait period and all that stuff, but, you know, they might as well just write him in. Everybody knows. That dude deserves it. A lot of the dudes who are part of these teams deserve it. That's a freaking crazy run. Three in five seasons. It's uh and like the manner and way they did it every single time was just incredible. The way this dude 
Bochi manages in those tight pressure moments was just unreal. He just had his finger pulls on each of those teams. Every single decision he made was just magical. Everything everything like came to fruition. Like the best possible outcomes happened multiple times. <laughs> like it was just incredible. He just put his team like one step ahead every single every single moment it seemed like. And Bochi was the kind of manager who got the most out of what you gave him. So, like, unfortunately, some of his teams, would you would just not give him very much, and he would make things decent. Or you give him decent, and he'd make things above average. You give him above average, and it's like, all right, now you got a chance. Because that's what it, it really felt like at times. Because he would, like, mold certain players into certain roles, and they would just be able to, to deliver, figure out. They would get comfortable with it and figure out ways to deliver. Like, he was the manager that emboldened his players, I felt like. And that's not what a lot of them do. A lot of them are the other way. They want to pull back. But uh, he was really smart with it, with the way he did things. But from what I heard, he was just, uh, he didn't put up with no shit, I would say. (laughs) That's kind of the way things were running. So it's gonna be sad to see him go, and that dude was, uh, man, that's hard. It's hard to say much else besides just a winner, though. Even though his numbers didn't look so good, like he was always, uh, always been the one to uh, put you in the best spot possible. I'd say that for sure. But yeah, more MLB news is a lack of MLB news, I would say. Real slow fucking offseason. Manny Machado finally signed with the Padres last week for $300 million. I think it was over seven or eight seasons. Chasing cash, that's what's up. Uh, yeah, let's see this. Manny Machado. Let's see. Da, 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 da. What did he do? How much did he sign for? Mini Shadow. Nope. Not connected to the internet. Oh, shit. I don't believe it. Ten years, three hundred million from the Rockies. Oh no, from the Padres. The Rockies just gave an eight-year, two hundred sixty million dollar deal on Tuesday to Nolan Arenado. That is a buku bucks. But uh, I guess Machado. Chilling out San Diego now. So we'll see. 
what the fuck they do. My prediction is he gets traded within two to three seasons. Because, yeah, he's not going to be like, uh, I'm chill with the losing and all that stuff. And they're going to be like, I'm not chill with the fucking not running the first base shit. And not giving a fuck type shit. Because you know that's, that shoe's going to drop. You fucking know it. You and your goddamn mama. Everybody know. Everybody in their fucking goddamn mama knows that shit. Alright, so, that's what I think is going on, and everyone's pissed, Dallas Keiko's still on the market, oh, fucking, what's his name, relief pitcher, let's see, best, let's see, best available, available, MLB, free agents, catchers, why catchers? I mean, Jed Lowry as Drupal Cabrera, Marwin Gonzalez, Craig Kimbrell, Nick Markakis, David Robertson, Zach Britton. I mean, these are the dudes that can help teams, man. Let's see. Yeah. Harbor still a free agent, and yeah, apparently the Giants just were in that uh, that run in. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, man, Keiko. I think Keiko's another big, big fish there. Who else moved? Who else moved? Oh yeah, Donaldson went to the Braves. It's money Grandal to the Brewers. Uh, Donaldson goes to the Twinkies. McCutcheon goes to the Phillies. Let's see. Campbell Donaldson. Joe Gonzalez not a, not signed. Adam Jones not signed. Clay Buckholt still out there. Evan Gatt is still out there. So there's still some players to be had, man. Let's see who uh, who went where. Oh yeah, Joaquin Sawyer came to Oakland. Let's see if he, he's a Giants guy. He ain't good yet. So I think that might be. And it looks like it is uh, it. Definitely it. Okay. Now it's the 50 best players. Uh, 50 best players available list is according to CBS Sports. So take their word for it, not mine. I don't scout like that. All right, moving on. Coin Maggetti. Yeah, underwent some uh, rape allegations that were related to the ongoing scandals that have been happening in uh, Virginia. Because apparently the person who was second in line after this uh, blackface scandal, which we'll get into a little bit later, was 
caught up in this allegation that was made by the same mistress or the same person. So this lady decided to become out be public about this allegation since this politician, which I can't remember his goddamn name, and also with Corey Maggetti, apparently while he was at Duke. So she accused him of that, but I think I don't think there's been anything else that has happened about it since I first heard wind of this news. Let's see. Corey Maggetti used to call him bad porn because there's a lot of shots, but it's not very fun. <laughs> hey, let's see. Uh, rape allegations. Where's the fucking auto type on an iPad? Yeah, this was February 12th when that report came out. Today is the 26th, so it's been two weeks. Let's see. It's Cordy McGetty News. Let's see if we got anything. News. Yeah, everything was two weeks ago, so there hasn't been any new developments on that. So that's uh, unfortunate for everybody. If it's true, it sucks for the person who experienced it. Any trauma that caused that is lingered and can uh, sometimes never truly 100% gone be healed. And if it's not true, then it's horrible that more allegations are not being accepted or, you know, you know, not truthful. More allegations from people who are just uh, trying to do their thing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy quite crazy and yeah that would uh, not be a good situation to get yourself involved in so yeah man it just uh, tells you to be smart don't be a fucking idiot anyway moving on more controversial news Tim Donahue uh, his details in regards to his gambling life and that lifestyle how all that shit went down that is been released through a deep dive investigation that ESPN.com put out and put together so that was a uh, very interesting piece that I had the chance to read got the chance to read um, pretty much all of it and Boy, oh boy, oh boy. It was pretty crazy. Like, it named names in terms of the people he was connected with. Dude, apparently, I think the most, the craziest thing about it is that he got taken down, not by people who are interested in uh, sports gambling and all that stuff. Uh, 
people in, in the uh, enforcement agencies, police departments, and all that stuff. He didn't get taken down by them. He got taken down by a crime unit that is connected to the uh, Lucchese crime family. So their uh, sole mission is to take down uh, one of the five families of uh, the Italian mafia. So, yeah, man, like this shit is pretty crazy. So what ended up happening is the person who was on the case from, I want to say the FBI. Yeah, it was a FBI agent. He met with Dadhi and got information from him and was uh, basically... So, yeah, sorry, took a pause there. But, um, yeah, man, dude was involved with the uh, Lucchese family. So the FBI agent meets with Donahue, gets him to cooperate. And apparently there was talk that he was going to be wearing a wire. But what this agent also did is he ran to the NBA and gave them a heads up about the whole operation. He had a meeting with then Commissioner David Stoin and uh, Deputy Commissioner Adam Silver, and along with a few other individuals, uh, maybe less than ten people, I think is what the the article said. Maybe it was less than like fifteen people or so. So just a handful of folks, and this information gets presented to them. And they say, okay, come to find out, they, uh, um, god damn it, losing my train of thought. So, they, Jesus, Irvin, uh, basically have like this whole thing like kind of set up, but then it eventually gets leaked to the papers like a few weeks later. That uh, basically he was caught gambling on games. So they, uh, you know, suspended him and and did all that, did the research and everything. It was, uh, you know, not a pretty sight for the NBA at that point, but I think they kind of tried to step on it, you know, before they could... uh, you know that that the whole thing kind of blew up because they kept saying he was just a rogue actor and that he nobody was associated with him and he was the only dude who was really doing the dirt. But uh, yeah, man, I'm not sure if that was the truth or not. Regardless, I mean, he got it caught up with some people who were like in his local country club and they uh, he liked to gamble on other sports and that led to one thing. So he had like one particular partner who he would, like, tip off in terms of the games to bet and and whatnot. And, uh, oof, he would hit him off with, like, a little bit of cash every single time. Little did he know, it was, like, this dude was just making tons of money. Two other people who were, like, in on the illegal gambling, you know, kind of circuit and trade, basically come up to the first dude and say, you know, what the fuck is you're in? You're, you're winning a crazy amount on uh, NBA, but you lose in every single other sport, like, consistently, consistently. So, 
they uh, eventually tell him, they kind of threaten the guy, and he said, okay, so you can either tell us or we're going to, like, you know, basically turn you in. And so the dude gives him up. So they meet with Donahue, and they eventually tell him, like, look, or I don't know. How did they put two and two together? Oh, they they check the box scores, and they're looking at the ref who was there every single time. So figure that shit out. And eventually, you know, presented, found Donahue, talked to him, said, look, this is how much you were getting paid before. This is how much we could offer you. <laughs> this is how much you won't, um, how much the, uh, the other, your old partner was making off of it. You were getting screwed. And so Donahue was pissed off about that, but then eventually continued on that, uh, uh, with that arrangement with these uh, the two new individuals, and then eventually they got busted. So shit was pretty damn crazy. And I don't know if he's that that rogue actor like they were talking about. So that's been kind of in the news recently, and it's just uh, makes you feel pretty uneasy because now the NBA is really getting into the gambling sphere with uh, these agreements and. Being able to get it on your fingertips. So, I really hope this uh, saga and episode really doesn't happen again. That'd be pretty damn disappointing. In any event, I might have to do this a two-parter. I think I might do a second part tomorrow. Because there's a lot more to talk about. So, yeah, let's take a quick, we'll take a break. And by the power of editing, we'll get you to the second half of the show. All right, and I'm back. Sorry for the delay, folks. Uh, My ass was fucking nodding off um, last night. So I had to run it back and we'll give you the second half of the show right about now. So apologies for all the the yawns and long pauses and all that stuff that was going on. Uh, yeah, uh, needed to get this content out, but, you know, sometimes not in the best uh, scenario situation. So my apologies on that. So, yeah, I guess one more thing before we get into the world news kind of uh, topics. Uh, one other thing that I saw yesterday um, was, uh, uh, or I guess a few days ago, they, they announced uh, GSP. George St. Pierre has announced his retirement from the UFC. And I want to, you know, thank GSP for all of the entertainment that he has provided all of us, all the sacrifices and dedication that he has given to the sport. And I think he really uh, pushed the sport forward in terms of its professionalism and just the way the fighters go about, uh, you know, um, training camps, the way they approach uh, the tactics of fighting and how to get a result. He was definitely on the forefront of all of that uh, um, that MMA history, and we want to wish him the best of luck. It is a bit uh, bittersweet, well, um, I guess more bitter for the fans here since we don't get a chance to see him again, especially considering the fact that he worked so hard to make his comeback, uh, won the 180-pound title, 185-pound uh, title, excuse me, against Michael Bisping, uh, which was a little crazy uh, circumstances there. Uh, where he came in short notice, knocked out Rockhold, defended it against uh, um, 
freaking Dan Henderson dropping those Hendo bombs. And then, uh, which was a little bit curious to say the least in terms of the the pecking order of the people who were in the division at the time. Then he goes and challenges uh, GSP, or GSP challenges him, and they move forward that way. So it's, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, serendipitous way for him to win the title, but, you know, things are what they are. And he put on a show and really controlled that fight. Um, and, you know, he, he looked really good. He looked in good shape. He didn't, didn't look, like, too rusty or that he had a... Uh, Lost a step in any uh, way, shape, or form. It's a lot harder to, for us, I guess, to kind of understand that because only he can kind of compare where he's been versus, uh, you know, where he's at now or was at the time. Uh, but the biggest loss is going to be a potential Khabib fight with him. I think that would have been so damn entertaining. Uh, one of the greatest wrestlers in MMA history, Khabib, facing one of the more well-rounded fighters of all time and GSP. Because if you look, I kind of like compare this as to like video game status. If you look at GSP's stats and uh, his attributes, he's never going to be necessarily number one in a particular category unless it's like a mental aspect. Uh, but the, all the physical gifts and the skills that he has, like not the, necessarily the best wrestler, not necessarily the best striker, the best jujitsu player, um, you know, what have you, the best guy with kicks, punches, wh- whatever it is. He didn't really have like a specialty. His skill, his attribute was was that he he had them all. He had all the tools in his toolbox. Um, they weren't maybe the sharpest, but they were, you know, good enough to get the job done for the most part there. So he was uh, definitely a legend, man. He's got to be top five all time uh, in MMA history in, in my book. I would put him up there. Uh, most people would agree with me, and I think some people might have a good argument for him being number one overall, just because he's. He was able to avoid all of the the pitfalls and and the distractions that have really uh, cursed some other fighters in the past and have made it uh, difficult for them. He doesn't really have those asterisks and he doesn't have those uh, those negative things on that le- side of the ledger. So, uh, you know, definitely one of the greatest. And we just wanna wanna say thanks, man. Um, he also brought uh, the names of uh, guys like Farasa Hobby, uh, which is his trainer. Uh, one of his trainers uh, to light uh, in the MMA world, and he's put Montreal, Quebec, and all of uh, French Canada on the map uh, in the fight game. And his story is pretty damn crazy. I would recommend to go listen to his uh, Rogan interview because he really details some of his uh, his upbringings, and it's uh, kind of a crazy story, man, Uh, how he got bullied as a kid and he basically took the martial arts to kind of prevent that and then how... One thing leads to another, he gets into fighting, and then that just progresses to him becoming one of the greatest, which is, uh, you don't, when you start out, you don't think that's necessarily, it's hard, it's hard to say that's like an achievable goal when you're, you know, at that beginning point, but I mean, nobody else had done it before then, so I guess why not, right? Why not? So he's he's one of the greatest. I'm a, we're gonna miss him. And then I guess the other news too is the uh, Fury Wilder fight in boxing, the second one, the rematch after they had a crazy draw uh, at the end of last year. That might be in jeopardy now because I know uh, Tyson Fury signed some deal with ESPN to have some fights on there. 
And I, I saw a headline about hey he might take a fight in between trying to do the rematch. And it's really unfortunate because apparently Showtime was really close to uh, you know, pushing the promotional uh, uh, I guess arm for their organization. They're going to put the word out that I think it was going to be sometime in May that they were going to fight in Barclays Center, if I'm not mistaken. So listening to, to Shab and it's below the belt, and there was talking about it a little earlier. But, damn, man, that's fucking boxing. Too much damn politics. There's always people inside the ear, and it's hard to get fights put together, get terms of agreement and all that stuff. So it's it's just another it's another shit show in, the, in that aspect. And I do want to see them have that remax rematch i do want to see either of them fight uh uh joshua eventually joshua's been doing press in the u.s the last few weeks too that i've seen and it's just uh i know he was on breakfast club i didn't get a chance to watch that but yeah he was uh i don't know man he's just trying to get his cachet up here in america and i get that but man your your team's gotta you know put the uh you know, I guess nut up and just, you know, go for it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, he's fighting all these no-name guys, which he can still make bank over there in the U.K. And, you know, continue to uh, to kind of, you know, print out the paper. But if it's a legacy thing that he's after, he's... Uh, I don't necessarily think he's running out of time, per se, because he's still really young. He's still, I think, only like 27, 28. Maybe even young. Maybe even 26 might be my age. But, um... He's uh, his opponents definitely in terms of their prime. They're a little older there. Fury's in his uh, uh, early thirties, and so is uh, Wilder. I think Wilder's younger by like a year or two than than Tyson. I think Wilder's like thirty-one or thirty-two, and Tyson's like thirty-two or thirty-three. So somewhere around there. Um, in any event, you never know what kind of Tyson Fury you're gonna necessarily be getting into the future, just because he's gone through his uh, whole turmoil of just getting. You know, uh, addicted to uh, some alcohol and his uh, depression and all that stuff, too. So we want to make sure that he's uh, continued to be in the right headspace. And it looks like, for the most part, that he, ha- he is currently. So I wonder how this new deal that he has with ESPN might affect some things. Um, I know ESPN is really diving into the boxing and MMA world, which I'm really happy for. Because, uh, you know, boxing, I think, does need a good, proper home. Or can can you have, a, like, a, a more um, official home than it has been in the past? Just so we can get it a little bit little bit more centralized, I guess. Um, there's still uh, Premier Boxing Championships on Fox Networks. Uh, but ESPN has got uh, top-ranking Golden Boy. They have a lot of uh, uh, fighters uh, coming across there. So that's, uh, hopefully that can continue. I uh, don't necessarily want the mon- monopolization of one particular broadcaster doing the whole sport because that could lead to some issues. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, with the absence of HBO uh, in the boxing world, I think that could, uh, it might not necessarily be a bad thing, I would say. Um, so, yeah, that will be very interesting to see what uh, eventually uh, takes place there. And what really gets going. So it's, uh, yeah, man, the world boxing, very interesting stuff. So hopefully they can be able to get some of these fights going because there's not too many big names in the sport as of the, as of the moment. So we just get that up and moving. That'd be nice. So 
Anywho, we got a lot of shit to talk about that's going on in the world uh, outside of sports. And I guess the first one that's on my list that we can talk about, uh, I don't know if he's gonna he's current or I don't know if he's former actor with Empire, Jesse Smollett. This motherfucker dragging everybody through the mud when his uh, wild-ass goose chase of a story that is turning out to uh, be... Uh, so if you are unfamiliar, Jesse came out and said that he was a victim of a hate crime, saying that uh, in the bitter cold in Chicago, some fools came up to him, put a noose around his neck, poured bleach on him, stole his sandwich, Subway sandwich. That was a detail. That was kind of an out there one. Screaming, this is MAGA country, and et cetera, et cetera. We had no documented proof of this occurrence via any camera footage or anything of that nature uh chicago pd definitely investigated it they did find two suspects who were uh nigerian americans um uh americans from nigeria i guess or nigerian descent i'm not really sure what the the if it matters or whatever it is Basically, the two black dudes came up, and they were shown in the area, so they connected him to the event, and they Chicago PD interviewed them, eventually released them like, within a few hours, and they basically said, like, yo, man, this dude like put us up to it. He paid us in a check to do this, uh, commit this act so they can get national attention and, I guess, get sympathy points from uh, people. And then, I don't know. I don't know what this end game was. Apparently, from what I read, he wanted a raise or was upset that his character was going to get killed off or something of that nature in the show. But, motherfucker, isn't that how you go about uh, changing shit? Like, it's just fucking pointless. And it's going to ruin a lot of the, uh, you know, feelings and sentiments that people have to supporting uh, you know, people in these really smaller communities, because uh, being a black gay man, that's like a subsect of a subsect, and so you're gonna have the whole situation where it's like boy uh, who cried wolf. Yeah, you don't want that shit to happen where now nobody's gonna believe anybody, and so there's enough violent, heinous shit going on in the world that we don't need to be making shit up. So now there's people on both sides that are really pissed off at him. Um, uh, because, um, you know, there's people who are like, all right, this isn't that big of a deal, whatever, whatever. And then there's people who are like, no, this is a huge deal. And you're making it seem like, uh, to everyone else that it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, man, it's just fucking sad, fucking sad overall. And, uh, it's, uh, it's not good. He got, uh, detained and was arrested on fabricating fabricating the whole situation and it's just pretty fucking crazy because i know chicago pd is not the most trustworthy source on all of this situation um considering the evidence that we have been presented i uh it's not looking so good for jesse i mean even like there's there's little leeway in my mind to suggest that he wasn't in the wrong in some aspect or the other. It's like, this shit has just turned into a big-ass shit show, and it's gotten politicized like crazy. Um, I, myself, was on this particular podcast talking about, man, if this is really true, 
fucking horrific and unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of fucking jokes that have been going around from people of all shapes and sizes um, talking about it. I mean, let's break the shit down. Number one, freezing temperatures in Chicago. Ain't no motherfucker gonna go bust somebody unless they know they got shit on them in terms of loot or uh, cash or whatever the fuck uh, they got. Uh, two, they robbed his ass for a Subway sandwich. I mean, come the fuck on. Like, $5 foot long ain't all that. It ain't worth knuckling up on some dude, all right? Um, let's see what else. Uh, he kept the noose on his neck until the police officer showed up. That seems some seems some like like that seems like some theatrical ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Just doing it unnecessarily. Uh, let's see what else. What other details? Um, the motherfucker was like passionate on the shows and was crying on his interviews and everything like that, which. Under normal circumstances, if it was so true, I don't have a problem with. But it was just like he was going over the top and he was overacting, which might have been a fucking reason why he was getting written off the goddamn show. I mean, come on. I mean, this is called spade a spade. If you can act, you can act, man. If you can't, then it's, it might be a struggle, you know? There's only so much we can do with you. It's like a dude who can't shoot uh, three-pointers in the NBA. We're going to have to hide your ass on offense for some reason, you know? Or if you don't play no defense, we got we to... Gotta you know, figure that shit out and cover your tracks. So if you uh, if you're lacking as an actor, people got to cover for you. Um, you know, your fellow actors or whatever the fuck. Um, let's see what else. What else? Um, oh, the motherfucker couldn't even get it on camera. So this fool like failed to figure out where the fuck the cameras were and shit when the attack went down. So he didn't have fuck evidence of it. Uh, in that regard. So, like, dude, what the fuck? Um, let's see. The bleach? <laughs> like, the bleach? Like, who the fuck's gonna run around wasting bleach on his ass? <laughs> like, uh, I heard somebody's joking. It's like, man, black people don't be wasting bleach. We use that shit for our clothes all the time and <laughs> shit. Um, which, yeah, man. Like, it just, the things didn't, didn't seem to, to add up in that, that instance. Uh, a black, I mean, hiring two black dudes to come beat your ass when it's like a racial hate crime? Like, dog, you should figure out your fucking casting. Uh, let alone the fact that one of the two black dudes had already been an extra in the fucking show. It's like, dog, you're fucking leading the investigation right to your ass in that regard. Uh, the, and then the last thing, the dude had self-inflicted injuries that did not look all that bad, man. I've been into some scraps with my fucking dog there where I got more bruises than, than what he looked like. Uh... You know what I'm saying? I freaking uh, fell over in the playground and got more uh, bumps and scratches and shit than uh, uh, than what he looked in the in the the mugshot photo. So I mean, there was a, there was a lot of a lot of different things uh, going on there. And who the fuck has just a random noose hanging around and shit to you know? So like that that there was a lot of like questions that was going on and. You know, I feel like we've given this shit enough time to kind of, like, marinate and kind of go through and develop. And it's just uh, it's not looking good for uh, Mr. Smollett. Smollett? Smollett? Whatever the fuck. Um, 
Yeah, man. I know he was on Deezus and Marrow show, old show back on Viceland. I do not think he's going to be invited to the new one on Showtime. So that's just a hunch there. Oh, boy. So fucking crazy, man. Uh, nobody likes a fucking liar. Uh, not at all. All right. We'll move on. Uh, we got uh, freaking Takashi 69 uh, court. Uh, Saga, which has been ongoing, they've uh, arrested him and have basically got him to flip. This motherfucker is pointing the me tea fingers out there in court on every fucking dude in his uh, Treyway blood gang uh, there out in uh, New York. So his whole saga has been fucking ridiculous. Motherfuckers copping, please. He's snitching on everybody. And, yeah, it's not looking good for the people who uh, kept him close uh, in this uh, in his crew. Uh, that motherfucker repping the Bloods, but it wasn't super. It was weird. It was fucking, it was weird. Weird scenarios that was uh, ongoing at the time. Because he was like a Blood, but he wasn't really a Blood. And he, he seemed like he was just like overstepping like the the repping part of it and he was just kind of being i don't know like he was just too front and vocal and out there to be like really legit with it so apparently he was like got involved with actually you know moving some dope or some heroin or some shit and got caught up and now he's got the dirt and was was facing some uh really lengthy minimum sentencing laws to come up against him so it's full cop the deal and is now flipping on everybody. So, yeah, this shit is fucking crazy. Apparently, they're talking about him getting witness protection. How in the fuck is you gonna get witness protection when you got goddamn jigsaw tattooed on the side of your motherfucking cheek? You got sixty nine all over in your forehead. You have sixty nine sixty nines on your arm, like, and all the other shit that he's got going on. Um, I mean. The hair is crazy, but that shit you can cut off, so it's like, that's not that bad. But, like, who in the fuck is going to be coming up to this motherfucker in the middle of, like, Idaho or some shit and not know who the hell he is? Like, come on, man, for real. Like, where the fuck are you going to stash that dude and not have him get killed out in the streets, man? Because, uh... The Bloods is not to be trifled with, man. They're going to come right back at you, and that's not going to be very pretty for his ass uh, once they find him. Uh, so, yeah, I guess the rumor was that he might get released as soon as January of next year, which is unfucking believable man. That's uh, <laughs> It kind of is, but it kind of isn't, because there's, there's a lot of people who have pointed around and said, man, I feel like this dude, 6 9 he might have been a, a, a plant by the... Uh, the police department to get everybody to you know to turn on everybody who knows if that goes that that conspiracy goes that fucking deep and that far and all that stuff but it's just uh it's pretty damn ridiculous regardless of uh whatever the truth of the the matter may be pretty damn crazy so yeah man don't uh don't do no dirt with the uh, teriyaki six sixty sixty eight or whatever the fuck um yeah we move on Oh, uh, there was an article that I was reading about uh, magic mushrooms uh, being potentially legalized 
in a couple states here in the United States of America, Oregon and Colorado, and they're looking to do so so they can promote the use of this uh, uh, plant for medicinal purposes because there's been a lot of studies that have been done on people who have uh, you know, suffered PTSD or depression or they've had some other uh, mental illnesses, and it's shown they've had some positive um, uh, results that have come out of those, some of those studies. So there's been uh, a, a big push to kind of get that uh, up and moving. Uh, in certain states, and I think you know, Colorado and Oregon, they're two of the uh, states that have been on the forefront for the drug discrimination and legalization uh, movements, in particular with cannabis, and so we've seen the the windfall of in terms of the profits that they've been able to, to use. We've seen uh, not as big of a decrease in terms of the criminalization of the, um, of the plant, um, but... I think that is still in a positive direction. There's been issues in terms of where the profits have been going for these uh, uh, manufacturers and distributors and uh, vendors for uh, for cannabis in uh, a lot of the states because it's still the money is still getting kept up at the top at the one percent, and a lot of the people who have been the victims of the war on drugs, uh, a lot of people, uh, black and brown people, haven't been able to necessarily uh, reach those heights and be able to to make that money. There's the, a lot of the businesses are owned uh, by white folk, and a lot of these white folk are also invested in a lot of the prisons and a lot of the politicians who actually helped put those people away in the past. So um, it's a lot of people who are just uh, you know, um, pretty much capitalists and they're opportunists, so they're coming in and they're just trying to make a quick buck where they can, which is understandable. Um, so there, there's a little bit of a disconnect there, so that's still problems that need to be fixed, but... Uh, in terms of the mushrooms, uh, I think that's a good thing. Uh, my buddy Will was telling me about how in Holland uh, they actually have a certain type that is actually legalized, and you could actually go into stores and buy it, which is very low dosages, and you could, uh, yeah, basically uh, use it however you like in a responsible fashion, pretty much just like alcohol or like uh, like weed is out there too. Which I think is pretty damn interesting, man. He was uh, he's telling me about it uh, a little bit there. It's uh, less of a stigma and all that. And, uh, yeah, I, I personally don't have any issues. My personal experience with the drug has been it's been pretty chill. Uh, I've only really done it once where it really got me, like, super really trippy out there. And I had a great-ass time. I'm just going to say that. Um, there are people who have used and have had like psychotic breaks or hasn't been as positive for them. I th- want to say uh, another person that I met um, actually took some in high school and suffered. Um, I'm not sure if it was a psychotic break, but it was basically the... Um, the he had felt the sensation like he couldn't stop tripping for like weeks on end and... It was a, a tough, uh, tough road for him to go through, and as far as I know from the story that I've heard and from from speaking to him, so it's uh, you know definitely something that is not I would say a cure all for everybody, but uh, more often than not I would say it's a it's a lot safer than some other products that are currently being abused out there on a day to day basis by a. A lot of people in the the general population. 
So in terms of like the scale of things in terms of being bad or good, I want to say this is more on the lungs, uh, the, the harmless to good side than it is on the bad side, but it's not perfect. So I don't just like when people talk about weed as being like harmless, I would say for the most part it is for some people, the, their brain chemistry, it just, it doesn't work for them. And I'm glad that people are being able to like, you know, realize this and, uh, you know, uh, take proper measures for themselves. So, yeah, I guess there's that. So I'm I'm all for this. Um, I'm really, if you've heard this this podcast before, if you're familiar, if you talk to me, if you if you know me from college or high school or whatever, you know that I'm 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 on that the side of the uh, the legalization trade for a lot of the uh, drugs there because it, it does affect a lot more people than you than you realize in different ways. Um, people not even just within this country just because of uh, the flow of the trades and everything so yeah there's that um so yeah so shout out to oregon and colorado i hope that uh that gets passed and the people can actually vote on that uh, all right let me take this quick sip of this cold modelo mm-hmm. all right next topic uh the homie 21 savage got released um from ice uh last week which is uh, maybe like two weeks ago now. It was uh, the day before Valentine's Day, uh, which was cool. Uh, cool for him. Good news. Uh, he was able to do, I think, Good Morning America interviews well right after. And, uh, you know, he shrugged off a lot of the jokes and everything like that, which I think shows that he's like uh, he's able to put everything in perspective in his life because this is a dude that's going through like a lot of trials and tribulations away from the music industry and like just living in in uh, Atlanta in that reality i think it was very interesting to to hear from him how he came over when he was like 12 actually had a uk accent was really like bullied about it in school and eventually uh you know through living there for a few years he just uh, was able to drop the accent kind of kind of fit in with the that atlanta vibe and everything that's going on down there and so it's good news that he's released. Uh, he will still need to go to trial, and there's still a chance that he might be deported in the future. Uh, but I think this just goes to show and highlight the fact that uh, there's a lot of people who don't have the same spotlight and publicity that he has that are just being caught up in this whole um, deportation craze that's been going on since this president got elected uh, a few years ago. And it's it's really caused a lot of... Uh, um, craziness in, in the, a lot of different communities around the, the country, uh, people f- far away from like the border states even too, uh, getting rounded up and uh, held in these detention centers and these facilities. And apparently the one that he was kept in was like one of the worst ones uh, in the U.S. because there was a lot of lawsuits that were brought against him and all that stuff. So that's, uh, you know, that's a uh, not uh, something you want to you go down so he he was able to survive that and is up and moving had some help from jay-z and a few other parties there so um i think that's it if we're, if we're looking at this in the most positive aspect i think that should highlight the fact that we really need to think about these uh these policies and what the fuck we're doing with uh all these people um who are in this country most of them not doing doing very much like any group there's going to be bad people and you just got to weed them out and do what's best to to limit their uh their impact their negative impacts on the uh 
the country and you know for everybody else that's doing riots i mean it's a, it's a tough situation man it's harder to fucking become a citizen in, in this country if you weren't born here than it is to get a goddamn gun um so i mean that's like pretty pretty sad i guess in the state of things um Man, there's more guns that are legal in this country than I think people who are illegal. It's just fucking ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, I guess just in the, the grand scheme of shit, which everybody should have the right to have a, a, a weapon if they so choose, but I, I feel like they need to prove to everybody that they're worthy of, keep, of holding that weapon. Which I don't think is that uh, controversial of a statement. People have to prove that they're... Uh, know what they're doing behind the wheel before they're given a driver's license so we should kind of do the same thing for a killing machine or um, I guess what was designed to be a killing machine I mean that's just my, my opinion but uh, you know because I've seen uh, what the hell um, yeah, man, I've seen guns being put to good use. I've seen guns put to bad use. So it's uh, a lot of times it's the person behind it, and they gotta be uh, well equipped and well trained to to handle it and know what the the ramifications of what they're doing. Um, so you know, that's a uh, that's a few things that's uh, I guess on my mind there. So I don't know how we got to that discussion, but um. Yeah, man. Uh, 21 is free, which is nice, but uh, there's a lot to work to get, to be done on that on that front. All right, we'll move on to some political news here. Uh, let's go with this one first. Uh, Representative Ilhan Omar from Minnesota. Uh, or is she from Minnesota? I believe so. Um, she apologized for some comments about uh, that were quoted as being anti-Semitic. I think somebody on Twitter was asking her, like, why there's such a big attention on Israel and why we have that connection uh, here in America. And she pointed to the lobbying uh, industry and how Israel, there's a lot of Israeli, uh, pro-Israeli lobbyists that work on behalf of the Israeli government uh, to promote, you know, pro-Israeli policies. And that would include a lot of the like arming of the Israeli military, a lot of training, and just a lot of resources that are given to them. Which, um, if we look at it in recent history, it's been used a lot of that towards um, holding off, I guess, the Palestinians. But it's just the the fight doesn't necessarily seem fair in that regard, just because of the the level of, of, uh, of weaponry that we that has been there, and like it's it's ridiculous. I'll like admit that the, the general history of the Arab nations in the region against the Jewish people hasn't been a positive one, but I also don't believe that if you flip the equation, and if you were if you were oppressed by certain people you want to oppress the oppressors. So that's kind of what's happened. It's kind of, the shoe's kind of been flipped there uh, via military strength that they've uh, had with uh, the U.S. And obviously there's a relationship with the U.S. in terms of the uh, beginning of the Israeli state uh, post-World War II and how that got established. And so we had a vested interest in making sure that they were uh, up and running smoothly 
uh, so we can send, I guess, a general message to the rest of the world that uh, we're not to be trifled with, which is, uh, you know, that relationship has been maintained for, you know, very strong uh, up until today. I mean, even Obama, Bush, Clinton, everybody would really uh, make peace with uh, and have uh, be on the same page with uh, with Israel. So that's uh, that's nothing new. That's been ongoing for a while now. But uh, yeah, the fact that she kind of pointed this out drew a lot of negative attention from a lot of different people, and so uh, it's uh, um, yeah, it's been it's been real crazy for her. And she really had she had to like apologize, retract the statement, and all this stuff. And it's uh, yeah, man. I mean, if you really want to get to the answer, to a lot of stuff you just. Uh, follow the money that's always been the line follow the money and you get to see exactly where everything ends up leading leading to it so there's a lot of vested interest between a lot of the american companies who help um produce these weapons of war and uh a lot of them get sold to a lot of different people and individuals israel being one of them so they're one of the beneficiaries of uh, the american war machine that uh uh, the military industrial complex that uh, we've been uh, um, a part of pretty much since uh, World War Two, and shit just keeps elevating, keeps on uh, getting crazier and crazier as the uh, the years go on. And I think what happens is like people get so disconnected from it that they don't really have an understanding of like all the machines and the gears at work and at play. So, uh, so yeah, we definitely. Um, can do a better job in terms of just realizing, you know, what each, who each part kind of has a hand in everything. So there's a yeah, there's American companies that are that want there to be uh, these conflicts along the uh, the Gaza Strip and uh, um, all the areas there between uh, Palestine and, and Israel because they benefit from the, you know all the the equipment being used and so they can you know keep fulfilling more orders and keep uh being profitable and that way they could uh you know return a profit to their shareholders because they're beholden to them because a lot of these are like uh publicly traded companies um you know the boeings of the world north of grumman's of the world um bigger companies kind of like that so it, this shit gets kind of crazy and like, I understand why people are sensitive because there's, uh, you know, a tradition in a lot of different places for the the Jewish people to be, kind of be ransacked and kind of pushed out of town and, and to be discouraged and dis, dis, uh, disparaged uh, in the media and how they're portrayed. But I don't necessarily agree that this is one of the situations here. It's just uh, trying to be overly protective and cautious. And, I mean, to be quite frank... Um, this Israeli investors do provide a lot of uh, funding for people in government type type roles and positions, so it would behoove everybody to kind of keep the money flowing uh, for Democratic candidates. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of I guess the the gist of things there. So it's a uh, it's a very very tricky subject to to discuss there, but. I mean, it's there's a lot more nuance, and I think people give uh, uh, credit for because there's a lot of uh, people who are Jewish who do not agree with what the Israeli government is doing. So it's hard to conflate, or it's it's uh, it's difficult to to separate out 
um, the Israeli people, just Jewish people as a whole who are from part of the diaspora around the world, and what the actual Israeli government itself uh, is doing for people, or uh, for or against people. Uh, so you kind of have to like terse those things out and kind of have an understanding that all these things aren't the same and they're not all going to act the same and they don't have the same interests so that's kind of um where i'm at on that one so it's uh representative omar she's uh she's muslim herself so she's definitely got some feelings and she's uh one of the more liberal and outspoken members of congress i know she's a new congress member um so She's kind of gets uh, lumped in there with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and with, uh, uh, I forget her name, Taibi or Talabi or uh, there's a few others that are, you know, buddy buddies, uh, some new congresswoman in terms of this term. So, yeah, I think she's going to have uh, a lot, all of them, I think, are going to have their work cut out for themselves, especially because they're going to want to promote a lot more. Uh I guess what people would say the the liberal agenda, but uh, yeah, which a lot of it I'm in favor for, as long as it's uh pretty rational. I, I feel like a lot of the policies are, uh, but it is what it is. I mean, there's the argument you could we could talk about this forever, forever. So we'll just uh, I guess leave it at that and uh, keep it moving. So on to the next one. Man, this has uh, been a rough Black History Month, I'm not going to lie, uh, for the uh, the black community here in America, because there's been a lot of controversies and shit just kind of just dumping their uh, culture, kind of dragging them through the mud. I mean, just a Smollett shit was going on, but there has been like three or four goddamn blackface controversies, and this is 2019 we're talking about, 1919, man, and people i guess just still don't have uh an idea or realize that or maybe are now come to the conclusion that blackface is just not uh not a positive thing man it's not a positive thing it's got a bad history just the whole minstrel shows and all that stuff but i guess to kind of sum up things we've got a couple different things so we'll go start um uh representative northam in virginia uh, there was a picture that came out of him in a yearbook. There's one character who's in blackface and another one wearing a clan outfit. And, yeah, so he's one of the two people that's in the picture, but he wouldn't come out and say who he was. And he tried to come out with, like, some uh, some reasoning and some excuses, uh, explanations, I guess, for uh, what the hell was going on with that photo? And I think it was at a frat party uh, when he was in college, I think in North Carolina, I want to say. And so he had some comments. His freaking he did he took a press conference and uh, was there with his wife, and they were t- talking. And he said that like, yeah, I used to do I guess Michael Jackson impersonation and all that stuff, and he'd be moonwalking. And somebody from the press asked this dude if he could still moonwalk, and he looked around and was like. Should I do it? Should I do it? I think I'm going to do it. And this motherfucker's wife had to come out and say, no, motherfucker, you're not doing this shit. <laughs> you ain't going to fucking make shit worse for us right now. And he, this dude was like two two seconds, I think, away from busting out the a moonwalk there in front of the press, man. Like, that would have been a, the biggest shit show. The crazy thing about it is, too, he's a Democrat in the state of Virginia. And 
I think it's uh, it's funny because it's like people giving Virginia shit, but it's like, what else are they gonna do? Are you gonna vote for the Republican? Or you know, the Republic, the Democrat might be a shitty person, but he like might at least give face in terms of being you know uh, for you know certain communities. The Republican representative, if he would have got elected, he wouldn't have given a damn at all, at all, or would he, wouldn't even tried to like present it as if he gave it like a, a little bit, like a, a little bit of a care. So that's uh, it's kind of crazy, and then it's kind of telling too that the people of kind of Virginia have kind of like I guess moved on a bit uh, from the story, just because I think a lot of them realize that there's enough crazy shit that's also going down uh, for them. Uh, like that's actually real and that actually affects them on the day to day. And they just kind of, I think the people there kind of already have an understanding that most people have some kind of inkling to be, um, whether it's like overtly or covertly type of, uh, I guess insensitive, I would say prejudice, but he just, he didn't, I wasn't, I don't know. It's a, you know what I'm saying to be, uh, yeah, I guess insensitive is the right word there, but, um, so yeah, this dude, he was gonna. There's people to calling on him to resign because of this whole thing. So he's still in office. The second in command, I cannot remember his name, was coming out, and uh, there was that whole rape allegation that we were talking about earlier in connection with the the same person that uh, got Corey Maggetti caught up in that. And so it's been a few weeks, and we still haven't heard any any new uh, development, or at least I haven't. So who the fuck knows? Um, and then the third person in line said that they don't even want the damn job if it gets to them. So, I mean, shit, man. Everybody's got freaking skeletons in the closet, and it's just it's crazy that every, like all this stuff's just coming out now. And, uh, yeah, man, there's receipts to a lot of shit now. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. You can't hide nothing. You can't even have a sibling give uh, Ancestry.com their goddamn genetics because they'll find your ass. Uh, if you committed a crime and had DNA evidence everywhere. So, yeah, man, this shit is kind of crazy. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got the Gucci turtlenecks, the uh, half turtlenecks, I guess, that uh, Gucci came out with and basically had a big old it would cover up under your nose, up to your, like, above your mouth, and it had mouth hole. And in the mouth hole, it was uh, big old red lips. And the color of the sweater was black. So that shit didn't look good either, too. I mean, how the hell do you sign off on that, man? I mean, I get that there's only so many things that you could do to change up a turtleneck. You can give it the mouth. You don't even got to give it the goddamn lips and everything to accentuate shit. So, yeah, that's that's one thing there. That's uh, kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, man, Gucci... I think there were some people who were talking about how like this might not be, uh, you know, unplanned by Gucci, or they might have had put more thought into it than people think, because a lot of the luxury brands, it's a, uh, it's like a love hate relationship with the black community with a lot of them because for them, they feel like they're cheapening their product by, uh, um, having so many black people enjoy it and buying it all the time. Because, like, there's some people who are pretty damn racist and prejudiced in, like, these uh, board meetings. And they only want, like, a certain type of people, uh, particularly, like, as white people, to, like, wear their clothing or whatnot. So, I mean, there's there's that whole aspect with things. And then there's, like, uh, you know, the fact that, I guess it kind of comes in waves. So, like, a lot of these luxury brands, they'll, uh, 
they don't want to be associated with them. And then when shit's kind of not going well for them, they say, fuck it. We'll, uh, we'll put the oversized logos and prints on everything. And these, these fools will love it, which, uh, kind of comes and goes. So there's an idea that, uh, this might be a tactic by the company, by Gucci to kind of distance themselves from the black community, uh, by making, uh, Kind of insensitive clothing, I guess. I don't know. That just seems fucking retarded to me. And money is money is money is money, in my opinion. So that just that just seems pretty damn stupid. Um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's my thoughts on that shit there. Um, oh yeah, there was also Katy Perry had a, a line of shoes uh, that she had come out with that had some uh, some eyes and lips on them, and there was also black shoes in. Uh, black color shoe, I think like leather or something, and yeah, I think that might uh, not have been the smartest thing either to to bring in uh, to the into the conversations, the discussion, I guess there. So she's a, since apologized, and it's this is not looking good for a lot of the designers there, man. You just you gotta have, uh, I guess, a, in my opinion, a little bit of diversity in other places, just so you have another people just be like, hold on, motherfucker, what the fuck's going on here? So, yeah, there wasn't that one person in the room who could have just raised their hand and just be like, yeah, guys, I don't know about this right here. I don't think this is a good idea. So, there's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's another one going down. And then finally, I guess the last blackface controversy for the last few weeks there was an article that I was reading about some uh, undercovers from Louisiana uh, who had a picture of them in blackface uh, <laughs> surfaced from like the early 90s, I want to say. And it's got, yeah, two white dudes in blackface with wigs and, you know, the whole gangster look on them, baseball hats and fucking flannels and all that shit. The article was saying that this particular unit was actually undercover in like some black communities there in the city that they were in and that they were basically uh you know trying to blend in i guess with their surroundings and they also said there was only one black officer who was on the force at that community at the time so they couldn't use him to go undercover because everyone knew who the motherfucker was. So <laughs> the next solution that they have was like, let's just go in blackface. It's like, let's not try to hire more black people to become like police officers or like try to like, you know, enlist the help of somebody from another like uh, local uh, police force or something. Like they couldn't figure out another goddamn solution to, to all that stuff. And yeah, I don't even know if it was like, I can't even remember if it was like actually busted people for legitimate shit or you know whatever they did because it's crazy man this world is fucking ridiculous and uh yeah you can't rule anything out people are freaking ridiculous so yeah a lot of blackface controversies um yeah so shout out to everybody else who had a good i guess um Black History Month. I think it's fucked up that they they give black people like the the shortest goddamn month in the year. It's like, yeah, you guys get a month, but you get fucking February. <laughs> so, and is it twenty eight? Is it twenty nine? Shit, I don't know. Look, go look at my calendar. Is it odd year? Is it even year? Like, what the fuck? You know. 
So that shit's kind of sucky. I don't know what's worse, the fact that, like, uh, black people get Black History Month in February or the fact that, like, uh, Latin or Latino History Month is not even one goddamn month. They split that shit up between, like, uh, September and October. So, like, it's not even, like, all right, it's here on the calendar. It's like, oh, it's the 15th of September. Now it's fucking, now we got 30 days. Like, that's some stupid shit, too, in my opinion. It's like, what the fuck, man? It's like... They'll, they'll, uh, I don't know. It's like they give you, give you a little bit, but not the whole fucking platter. You know what I'm saying? No respect. No respect at all. I tell you. I tell you. All right. Uh, moving on. So, yeah, man, there was a government shutdown that happened at the beginning of the year. It's the longest one on record. Trump was threatening another one, uh, because there was another spending bill that was in, uh, discussion a few weeks ago. And he was threatening a government shutdown. That eventually did not happen. They came to an agreement. They finally signed some stuff. And the government has been funded or is being funded currently, which is good news. But at the same time, last week, Trump did declare a national emergency for this wall. Um, or was it maybe like 10 days ago, two weeks, almost two weeks now. Uh, on the White House lawn, he had a whole press conference and everything. It's not, it's not really a press conference. It's like... Uh, I don't know, a junket. This is like people aren't asking questions and shit. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's basically some, some horse shit. He's just trying to get funding for the damn wall, and he's trying to do it by any means possible. Uh, this shit's going to be caught up in the court system, and he basically laid it out in the fucking speech that it's going to go here, then they're going to fight it, and then we're going to go in there, and then it's going to go here, and then it's going to go it's gonna go to this agency, and they're going to make a decision. Then we're gonna do this, and it's like, motherfucker, just trying to strong arm, strong arm everybody into doing what uh, what he feels like. So that's some bullshit, man. It's all for some uh, fucking racist ass rhetoric in this goddamn wall. Um, it's uh, it's fucking crazy, man. I got a drink, man. Got a drink to that shit. Uh, yeah, I hate the like whole prejudice like views on people and stuff like that, and. People don't really have an understanding of uh, how the uh, the actual drugs and the drug dealers, how they, they get shit done, and how drugs actually come across this into this country because it's not, they don't do it via that wall, they do it via the port of entry, so either in, you know, um, shipping containers, or they do it in, um, you know, regular vehicles. Um, they do it through like, um, the, the, whatchamacallit, the transport of like goods through like trucks, uh, like the trucking industry. So they've, uh, yeah, man, they've done, uh, they've done it a couple different ways. That's most of the time how things get done and get brought across. So it's not, uh, uh, it's not how people think. People are just throwing, you know, bricks of cocaine across the fucking uh, wall and, you know, bringing it across that way. You know, it's not how it's done. And, um, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because people are just so ignorant. They don't want to see the the facts about it. They get too emotional and caught up in, in all that stuff about it. So, yeah, we'll see how this saga fucking continues. Because that shit is fucking pitiful, man. Fucking pitiful. 
Let's see. Uh, tax returns. Uh, apparently, there's been reports that they're coming back way less than last year. I did read a bit of an article saying that that is going to be because I think they're going to take... The idea was that less was taken out of your paycheck throughout the year. So that's why you're getting less of a return. But motherfuckers are mad regardless. Um, just because they, they can't really see the fucking benefits. But in... Uh, yeah, you see the tax returns, that's your whole benefit. The way Bush did it is, like, people got, like, an actual check. So, like, that makes people feel happy that they actually get to see something versus something not being taked out, taken out. So that's just kind of, like, the, the framing of how um, benefits are kind of guess given to people because I know the whole Republican-led Congress passed those, those tax breaks for um, a lot of the upper-class upper uh, folks. And a lot of that hasn't necessarily trickled down to people down on the bottom. So it's, uh, yeah, man, it is what it is. It's kind of crazy. We'll see how that goes. Let's see. Um, Trump signed an executive order regarding artificial intelligence. That has me fucking petrified as to what the fuck's going to happen in this world. Um, yeah, that also happened a few weeks ago. Um, uh, scared of AI and how far it's gone and how where it's going and I'm also pretty damn uh scared of what the fuck Trump's going to do with that information and that technology. So we for damn sure cannot get uh let this dude uh move forward with that shit. Mm, yeah, cuz he's trying to get the whole I guess space war shit actually started and get that up and moving so I do as a head case and I don't really trust him with much so it's kind of where things stand in my opinion on the matter and this dude Trump he's been uh been in the news uh like every fucking day that's how he likes it how he likes it and yeah, man, there's a lot of pressure on him because today his former uh, attorney, Michael Cohen, had a chance to testify in front of Congress. And a lot of the Republicans who were questioning him were trying to, you know, character assassinate him, and which is fine. Uh, but as a tactic, it's like, you're going to call him a dumbass and an idiot. Who? How about the, the fucking dude who hired him in the first place, you know? What about his ass? <laughs> you know, what, he was a pretty fucking idiot, uh, idiot too. Especially a dude who kept him as his fucking lawyer for over ten years. So it's like, it's stupid. It's stupid. He's uh, already copped and admitted to uh, lying. He's admitted to uh, a lot of other different things as well. And so, yeah, man. I guess we're we're kind of already at the point where. Um, yeah, it's like, it's ridiculous, like, nobody's truthful, nobody's honest, and then no one's trustworthy, too, so it's just, like, the second half of that, or the other side of the coin, so, yeah, it's, uh, they're trying to make him seem like a non-legitimate source and all that stuff, um, uh, since he's already lied in the past, but, I don't know, man, I don't fucking know, we gotta... A lot of other avenues for them to get information. Uh, this is definitely one of the, the top dudes. He admitted that the 
Trump paid him personally for the Stormy Daniels uh, payoff and all that that uh, bag of chips and all that. So it's uh, yeah, interesting, very interesting uh, times we live in at the moment. But uh, there's been reports that the Mueller investigation might be close to wrapping up because they haven't been interviewing any new people. And I think uh, old Trumpito's got some, uh, he's under some heat at the moment. So we'll see how the hell that goes and what the fuck happens there. And the saga pretty much continues. It's uh, craziness every damn day uh, coming back from the White House. So we'll see what uh, Pinchi Pinchi Payaso Presidente decides to do moving forward. So. Yeah, man, that's uh, just about another hour there for you guys. Once again, I want to say sorry about uh, last night. It was getting kind of late. I shouldn't have had the couple beers as that shit kind of, you know, turned turn my energy level down just a few notches. Uh, but in any event, yeah, uh Give me a follow, man. You can follow me on uh, IG. You can follow me on Twitter at Puro Caballero, P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. And, yeah, we're the Puro Caballero Show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, uh, iTunes. We're on Google Play Music. And, yeah, I think TuneIn Radio as well, so... Yeah, we're growing. We're moving forward. Uh, once we get to episode 50, I'm planning a new redesign, and hopefully we can get a website launch. Uh, we're going to get the, the Instagram page actually fully up and running, uh, along with the Twitter account and all that stuff. So we'll get the, the socials moving. I know we got an IG page created, but it's not really active, and I need to I need to, uh, I might scrap it and start over. might be smarter to do it that way. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to gonna try to work for my boy mark to to get a new logo design because it just kind of did real quick you know ms paint version one with some text uh for the time being it's kind of a placeholder so yeah man that's the idea we'll uh we'll get that uh, up and moving and yeah follow along give your boy some love and all of the above so yeah this has been episode number 47 Signing off once again. Until motherfucking next time. And now this is me stalling because I fucking had a song queued up yesterday that I wanted to close out with. And I don't have it on right fucking now. So we're gonna go ahead and um, eventually play that song. And that song will be right about now. So, toodaloo, motherfuckers. And until next time. Yeet.